All right, Corbett, it's that time again. Do you have one fun thing to share for this from this week? I do, yeah. I I recently have been wanting to get an arc carbonator. Uh, I drink a lot of LaCroix. I go to the store, I get two packs, and I just walk on home. That's just kind of my, my weekly thing to do. I do two mm-hmm. packs a week. I'm a two-pack kind of guy. Uh, <laughs> and the arc carbonator, is, it's, my friend's family has it. And it's this, you just put a little CO2 canister in, you put some water, and you just fill it up. And that's something that I think I need to invest in because I was doing the math and it's like 200 bucks or something. And then if I get two packs every day, it's like $600 a year. And I'm like, maybe, maybe I should buy it. But yeah, that's something that I'm, I've been Googling and trying to figure out all the reviews and seeing, is this worth it? That's awesome. How does it, how's it spelled? A-A-R-K-E. A-A-R-K-E. Okay, great. 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 Well, that, that, that sounds awesome. I live for a bit in Europe. I'm not a fan of sparkling. Really? Yes. I'd like the bubbles. Like I need mm-hmm. the water for like, like if I work out or something, it's like, I need water, no bubbles. So like I, I can just guzzle it. It's a new development uh, for me. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. In the past two years, I've just been, it's fun. I, Cause I don't like soda, but it's like fun. Yeah. It's fun water. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I do get sick of water. So it is nice to have, have other stuff. Uh, well, that's great. Okay, cool. You have to let me know once you, once you get it, how, yeah, how well I'm, it works. I'm ordering it for sure. <laughs> and if you still, you maybe still get the LaCroix or not. We'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah. I gotta get like lemon juice or something to add to it. Make it fun. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. Well, I um, uh, mine is also drink related. I keep it drink related, which is there's a great little coffee shop um, near where I live by the LA River called the Spoke Bicycle Cafe, and been it's been around for a bit. Have you been there? Yeah, I have. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really cool. It's a it's a coffee shop, and then they also do have a, a bicycle repair shop there. Um, and so I biked down there and met a friend, and they had one of those little plaques of like the special drink of the day, and it was called uh, it was chaga coffee and chaga yeah yeah so these are chaga mushrooms right so it's supposed to be good for your brain yeah, yeah. Wait, what yeah 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 so so i ordered i ordered it and and my friend uh she was she was with me and she's like that is so la to get the chaga mushroom coffee so it was like i it was it was um it was like cacao powder chaga mushroom cinnamon uh madagascar vanilla and then a monk fruit sweetener what and i gotta tell you it it tasted it tasted just like an iced latte. And an iced. <laughs> like so I have no idea, but according to, uh, you know, that is yeah. like they put the extra. Um, and I was, I was looking, you know, online and it said that chaga to coffee can help fortify its antioxidant benefits while aiding digestion and mitigating coffee's jittery effect on the body. Interesting. And so I was thinking about that and I was like, huh, but, uh, yeah, I uh, did. You feel smarter afterwards? Did you feel I like felt much smarter? I was like, "Get me on Jeopardy! I'm ready <laughs> yeah. to go." What's that movie where so... he takes the pill and then he? Uh... Yes, 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 yes. We oh, but basically that you took the pill and now you're ten percent. You're using a hundred percent of your brain rather than ten percent. Yes, exactly. I'm using like yeah, they have ninety nine percent of it. Oh, so. you monster! Um, but I, I I liked it. I thought it was good. So I don't know who who knows if it works, but I I enjoyed it. So <laughs> amazing. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Moving Spotlight podcast. My name is John Ruby. This is my main man, Corbin Coyle. Hey, everybody. Hello. Uh, today, we're excited to have Trevor Furman on the show. Trevor is a programmer and former actor, actor, which we're going to get into. I'm excited to hear about. Trevor, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you guys? Doing we're good. good. Doing good. Yeah, we are good. Cool. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we are. We are. Uh, happy that you're here now you're you're calling in from uh berkeley yeah correct i am in yeah. berkeley california okay um let me ask you what uh what led you to berkeley 
How'd you get there? Uh, well, my girlfriend took a job up here with um, her brother who's got a winery. It's called Eric Kent Wines. Okay. And it's really good. She grew up here and uh, um, so her family's up here and stuff. And I was finishing college. And at that point, I thought I was maybe going to go into academia. So I came up here to go to grad school. Um, but then I got kind of disillusioned with that. Uh, but then by the time I was disillusioned with that, I'd already kind of fallen in love with Berkeley. So we've just stayed. I, uh, yeah. You just like walking around now instead of driving in LA. <laughs> I don't even have, I don't even have a car. Like oh. I had a car. I was just talking about this. I had a car, um, like the first year that I lived up here and I noticed one day that I'm in a year or something, I had moved my car more often just to comply with the street sweeping sign than mm. I had to actually take it somewhere. And, yep. you know, part of that is Renee also had a car, but, but it really is. I can walk Berkeley's only like four square miles, like four square miles across. So that makes sense. It's four square miles. Directions has always been your, no, it's day. not four square miles. It's four <laughs> miles. across. It's four miles across. That would make it like 16 square miles. Right. Yeah. How does math? <laughs> yeah, math four times four, 16. I like it. <laughs> so, Anyway, the um, yeah, you can walk across it is, is my point. I just walked all the markets and restaurants and stuff like that. Great, right. Well, um, I want to I want to jump between different topics here. I one of the things I wanted to jump into is I know uh, Corbin was telling me that you just worked on Clerks Three. Yep, just finished. Got back about um, three weeks ago. Now I was in nice. New Jersey for about five or six weeks. Oof, long yeah. time. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and how I'm curious, I, how did you get involved? Cause I, I knew you were part of clerks too. How did you get involved with, with clerks two and clerks, clerks three curious about that? Yeah. So when I was an actor, um, I was in this movie with this. So one of the, if you, have you seen clerks by chance? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you, do you remember the guy there's the two clerks there's Randall and Dante, the guy who plays yep. Randall who's the one with the baseball hat. <laughs> yep. Yeah. He, uh, he's played by this guy, Jeff Anderson. And Jeff Anderson wrote and directed this movie called Now You Know. And I auditioned for that and uh, booked that part. And so that was a really low budget indie movie, but it, I, I thought it was really funny and it was so much fun. And yeah, Kevin's, Kevin saw that and then offered me the part in Clerks 2 kind of mm. on that basis. Nice. And then you got a call for Clerks 3? Yeah, I mean, it's like, Years ago, I got a call for Clerks 3, yeah, and then it fell through. Mm. And then years later, I got another call for, Clerk, for Clerks 3. And I really assumed pretty much up into the, like a couple of weeks before they were like going to fly me out that it just wasn't going to happen. That was just not an uncommon experience for me mm. in, in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. there, there were several times, there were two times, two separate times I was cast for something and um, like my agent called me and I'm like, you got the part. And then the next day they called me and said, uh, actually they're giving it to Kieran Culkin. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and so that happened twice. And then other, other things along those lines where you're I, like, I've been booked for something and then the funding fell through or, you know, whatever. So, yeah, I mean, I've been kind of like anticipating doing clerks three for years, but I, I, in my bones, I sort of never actually thought it would happen. But then it did, and it was super fun. So yeah, how Wait, was, I want to go back. Yeah, so was Kieran Culkin your arch nemesis? Is that what <laughs> oh, we're yeah. hearing here? I just yeah. I love this. Oh, this motherfucker. <laughs> he has the bigger house. Always in, in my sixth. <laughs> yeah. 
great. How was seeing everybody? Was it nice kind of getting to see all the, the same people on set and all that? Yeah, it was so great. I mean, I haven't seen uh, some of them for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and so you're always a little like, man, like years have gone by. Am, am I going to, people going to be different or whatever. And really within like five minutes of hanging out with them, it was just the same rapport, especially Je Jeff and I have always had like a really easy, oh, oh we lost John. That. Yeah. Just rewind. Um, Corbin, I, I know Trevor was talking about kind of being back on set and seeing people right around there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How was seeing everybody cool. that you yeah. hadn't seen in years, you know? Because I know you saw Kevin not too long. I mean, probably long time, five years ago, but probably a little bit quicker than the rest. Yeah, yeah. I saw Kevin because I was working on the, uh, on the video game thing. But I, mm -hmm. I, um, yeah, a bunch of them I hadn't seen in a long time. And, and uh, you know, you always sort of wonder, like, is it going to be the same and mm -hmm. it just, it was like within just a few minutes mm -hmm. on our first, we went over to Ke Kevin had rented a house in New Jersey and that's where we did our first table read. And, you know, I, I, I never, I was never pessimistic, but just, you know, like natural human sort of apprehensiveness didn't know what it was going to be like. And really the moment I walked in, Jen, who's Kevin's wife was just super warm and mm -hmm. everybody was very warmly greeted me and, and then when we started reading, it was funny. Like we all just fell into rhythm right away and um, it was super easy. Like, yeah. so yeah, within minutes, my, like all of my sort of insecurities were dispelled about any of that stuff. That's good. Yeah. It's interesting yeah. going into, I mean, something that you are familiar with, you've worked with before, but it's been some time and how's it going to feel and how's the chemistry and um, what, 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 what's it like working with, uh, with, with Kevin? I just, and you know, uh, I just, cause I, I talk a lot of times sometimes about, you know, when you're working with different people, whether it's directors or whatever, they all have different energies and, you know, different amount of takes they want to do and improv or not, or things like that. What, what was, what's been your experience, uh, Trevor? Yeah. He, well, so the, the overarching experience is he's just such an, he, he's exactly the person that you think he is. He's mm -hmm. such a nice person and he's super funny and like sharp and on the ball. Mm -hmm. And uh, he just, yeah, he's just a good person. Love so that. being being on his sets is always fun. There was a all two times. There was a <laughs> um a big difference though I felt in the in the set on clerks two and the set on clerks three. Mm, um and I, I don't know if he's sort of changed in this way slowly over time or if it was there was just something special about this one. But in Clerks Two, um he 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 has such a specific rhythm to his dialogue. And so you, you, I, I want to figure out how to phrase this. There's, there was, I don't remember very much improv on Clerks too, because it's already done. Like he, he, it's such a kind of composed, the script is such a composed thing that yeah. you don't really, it's not that he wouldn't be open to it. It's just that you just, you don't, it it's feels not weird add, to mess with it. Yeah, maybe not going to add to it. It's just going to like deflates it a little. Yeah. yeah, deflates the core, like the choreography or the 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 the, the chorus of it. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Yeah, Kevin yeah, Smith, I that. think I can do it a little better. Give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I will say. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, real quick, Trevor, hold hold that thought. I did. I I had an audition for an Arthur Miller play, A View from a View from uh, the Bridge, and it was a director I'd worked with before. Her name's Sherry. And I was doing the scene. You do it up on stage in theater. Like it was like a callback. So you're up on stage and I'm with the actress. And then I improvised something. And then from the, like the depths of theater, which I couldn't see Sherry was like, 
do not improvise Arthur Miller. <laughs> yeah, and it was a great note. It was a great, I should not have improvised at Arthur Miller. Um, it's may, it's I, maybe perfect. It, it was like, you know, and even if, yeah, even if I thought I could do better, I shouldn't have had that. That, but that was a good lesson. That was a good lesson for me at that time, you know, with, uh, with that. So anyways, jumping back in, uh, Trevor. So you were saying kind of in two, pretty much stick to what's there. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I, it's, it's like, and I'm trying to say this and like, I'm trying to find the right nuance here because it's not like um, Clerks 3 certainly didn't feel like, you know, um, UCB or something, right. <laughs> but it, 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 <laughs> yeah. it felt a lot more um, loose in terms of, I don't know, just contributing ideas. And I don't mm. know, maybe that's just because like I'm older and I'm like less insecure or something. But I don't think so. I think it was that he was like, he was genuinely asking for feedback in a way that um, God, I want to make, I just want to make sure I phrase this in that. Cause I, I also don't want to overstate the like yes. the creative footprint that I, you know, I and other performers or whoever else had, I get, I'm really trying to give him a compliment yeah. just by saying like, he seemed so much more, um, eager, I guess, to like hear other people's um, kind of ideas or, or takes on something. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Good. Corbin, make that the title. Kevin Smith is eager for actors to improvise. So then we just have that out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, no, I'll put Trevor, it in quotes I, dash, Trevor. I, 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 I hear a hundred percent what you're saying. And I, I think Trevor, there is, um, there's nuance to what you're talking about. And I think that's part of it's like, well, we do want to respect what's there. We need to understand that. And then when there is the openness to collaborate, it's not that it's like, well, there's not a plan. It's just like, well, no, no. If someone's got a beautiful idea that really works, let's try it. And then we might not end up using it, but at least we're open because like, you know, hopefully yeah. actors are there. To, everyone's there to contribute, you know? I want to, I want to stress that like both experiences were good. They were just mm -hmm. different. And what they were yeah. like, I just noticed a difference is all, but you know, it's, who knows? Yeah. Maybe I, maybe it was like that before and I just didn't notice or I didn't remember or something. I don't know. Right. Yeah. The, the, well, great. So, so, so you, so you shot on that and then, um, am I going to have to see you in your underwear again? <laughs> Actually? Yes. <laughs> is, that something, is, that people, is that something uh, people can look forward to? For? That's amazing. Uh, Some, most people, uh, but not a blood yeah. relative. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Full disclosure, Corbin, he's your cousin. Cousin. cousin, right? Yes. Yeah. Cousin. yeah. yeah. Okay. So great. he tortured me when I was young and yes. I am the man I am today because of Trevor Furman. <laughs> That's what cousins right. are supposed to do. Did a good job. <laughs> um, yeah. I Stockholm syndrome the shit out of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cursing. That's more work for Corbin. Uh, Trevor, let me, <laughs> let me ask you. I love that. What about working with the other actors? How did that feel? What, um, what, uh, what, what's, what's kind of fun and interesting about that when you're, you know, especially if it's been a bit of time and stuff. Yeah. I mean, they're awesome. I, I love Jeff and I, I think feel, feel like he could be my brother or something like that. Mm -hmm. we, we just have always had like a very easy rapport. So working with him is, is awesome. He's such a nice person. And Brian is, um, such a good actor and he just always like he's just like a really down-to-earth guy and he always just tries really hard you know what he just really kind of goes 
he really gives like every take a hundred percent. He's just, so he's just a pleasure to work with. And then Muse is got to be one of the most naturally funny people mm-hmm. I've ever met. Like I, I was talking about this on set with, uh, with I think Jeff or some, I can't remember, but I was talking about like, to, look to whatever degree I'm like capable of being funny, like comic acting. It's because I, I watched, you know, like Conan and the Simpsons and like other things that made me laugh obsessively mm-hmm. over and over again. And I was always doing bits mm. to my friends and stuff like that. And so there was, there's a way in which like, I just was always kind of practicing mm-hmm. and mute. Somebody, like, just, you don't get the sense that he practices. <laughs> you get the sense that it just comes, like he just is that funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just a, I don't know. He's like, he's got such an interesting charisma. Um, so working with him is, and he's also like the nicest dude. He's so warm and, and, um, just kind and thoughtful. Um, and then this guy, Austin, who is a new addition to the crew, to the, to the cast, um, also just a super nice guy. And yeah, so everybody was just awesome to work with. And then it was cool. We had some guest stars that, oh, I guess I can't, probably can't say that, but, uh, (laughs) maybe I can or can't, I, I don't know if I can. So uh, not. Not but there, we had some people yeah. that I was like, <laughs> yeah. we had some people that I was like really um, excited to um, to get to meet. There was mm. there were a couple of people I was just like, it was a cool experience. Did you? So, uh, go ahead, yeah. Did you end up playing uh, poker again? I know that was a big thing on Clerks Two. Was that kind of a fun? No, this game? was this was a very different experience. So yeah, like in Clerks Two, what happened was there were the whole pretty much the whole movie takes place in a um, fast food restaurant. Mm-hmm. And they found down by Knott's Berry Farm. What's the name of that town down there? Knott's Berry Farm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anaheim? No. Yeah, Anaheim. somewhere in it. Near, yeah, it's I not Anaheim, so. yeah, but it's near yeah, there. Yeah. 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 Uh, there's there was like an abandoned. There was like a Burger King they were going to tear down, and the the production like got them to delay it so they could just transform this Burger King into a a movies a fictional fast food joint. Mm. And then it just so happened that right next door to that uh fast food joint was um like a motel you know like a two-story mm-hmm. like motel mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or whatever yeah and we used those rooms for our dressing rooms and stuff and what would the the pattern on clerks too is like we would we would like shoot for 10 or 11 or 12 hours or whatever and then we go hang out at somebody's room in that motel and like play poker and kind of get drunk on beer and then <laughs> And then like pass out in these hotel rooms and <laughs> then like wake up. Yeah. Yeah. And we would like hang out. It was really cool because we were like, hang out with the crew every day. I always love the people on the cruise. Um, I think that like crew people are the coolest. Um, and so it was a really cool way for us to bond. And we, we just hung out a lot. Um, but in Clerks 3, we had like tons of COVID uh, restrictions. Uh, so we right. were tested three yes, times yes, a week. Yes that just wasn't going to fly on this one. And people were driving in from New York and stuff like that. So, and we weren't all staying in the same place. Mm. So it just wasn't the same thing, but what uh, it did give me a chance to do is like, I went and got, like I went out to a lot of meals with Jeff and Brian and uh, Mm -hmm. Austin. And, and so it was like less of a party kind of atmosphere on set and much more of a, like more intimate friendship kind of, kind of things. And then I made some, some good friends on the crew and yeah. we we hung out and stuff too but it was again like smaller group things let me that's an interesting just little side note there is um 
I'm just thinking about this idea. Sometimes I wonder if there's enough uh, effort made between like the cast and crew to like cross, uh, cross the, cross the river. I mean, you know, sometimes I feel like the crew kind of becomes its own world and like the cast, you know what I mean? And, and mm-hmm. I think there's something Trevor with what you're talking about that I, I love hearing that. And I think that's, that's a really cool thing. It, like, I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not all the time, but you definitely kind of feel um, you can sometimes feel a bit of a difference. And I, I, I love when you're able to the whole, not that everyone has to hang out, but you're able to kind of like, Hey, this person I totally clicked with and that's great. Whether yeah. it's another actor or not, you know what I mean? Or someone. Well, you know, I, I just think in general and no offense, but I, I, <laughs> I just, none, none taken yet. Let me, let me like, um, rephrase that. Yeah. I, I, I tended when I was in show business, I tended to get along with the crew people more easily than I got along with, with uh, the actors. Yeah. Um, that isn't always true. Like I met some of my favorite people I ever met were actors and, and our actors and are, are real like, um, but I don't know, like crew, crew, they're people on the crew, like they're, they're creative and they're kind of like, you know, that they're doing, they're doing a job that's a little bit strange because they're a little bit hard to fit in and other, you know, like I, that, those are just the kinds of people that I like and yeah. they're really hardworking and mm-hmm. they, they're, I don't know. They were just, they're cool people in general. I think crew people are like some of the coolest people. Yeah, I think they're just such hard um, workers. They're there 16 hours and they're still putting a smile on your face. Like that shows some heart. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And there's like, there's never, it always kind of blows my mind. It, that you um, like how hard they work relative to how hard I work. It's <laughs> just like not hard at all. <laughs> Walk in. Yeah, by. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, Oh, you know, you're holding a, a mic that doesn't seem that heavy, but then when you're holding it over your head, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like for hours and hours and hours. And then you're like, yeah, yeah now my shoulders are starting to hurt after an hour. You know what I mean? And, and that was, you're, you're right. You know, things our like boom that. operator was our boom operator is one of the friends that I made his name's Finn. He's a German guy. Really nice yeah. dude. I love it. Great. Good, good, good. We can't, Corbin and I, we, we've been talking about Germany too much on this podcast, so, uh, but I appreciate that. I, yeah, every I'm, episode. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of yours, Finn. Uh, um, but, uh, okay. So uh, Trevor, I want to, um, uh, Corbin, sorry. Did you have any other questions on, on, on? No, no, uh, go for it. Okay. That's great. Um, I did want to just jump back a little bit. So you mentioned comedy, which I just love. Is that kind of what brought you into acting? Were you a big fan of like comedy and, and things like the reason I ask is I'm, I'm a huge fan of like even older comedy of like the Marx Brothers and things like that. Uh, Steve Martin. Um, and uh, so I was just curious if, if that was something or if that was just an aspect that you that you really liked or. Yeah. Um, so I, I fell into I very much fell into acting okay. somewhat accidentally. Um, I grew up in Minnesota doing theater and I always loved that. I mean, I've always been kind of a ham and I love being the center of attention and Corbin can attest to all of this. Yes. But, but <laughs> I, true. <laughs> and so I really love theater, but I had no real expectation or goal of acting professionally because I was in Minnesota. <laughs> so I just mm-hmm. it wasn't, wasn't really on my mind. Um, but through a series of I don't want to get too delve too far into the details if it would bore. If it would I want to hear it. We want to hear it. We want to hear it. Okay. So, so in Minnesota, there's this little, um, it's not super well known. There's like a, there's like a little um, show business, like a cottage show business industry. And the reason is that um, there are a ton of theaters in Minnesota, the Guthrie theaters the Guthrie, there, which yep, is like a, the Guthrie, yeah. Yep. And 
because there are so many theaters in Minnesota, there's a ton of actors. And because there are a ton of actors, there's like agents and little production studios. And there are just enough like Fortune 500 companies in Minneapolis mm -hmm. that they can kind of afford to make, it makes sense for them financially and make their own commercials there and stuff like that. So it's kind of ironic. One of the first professional acting, I guess, kind of whatever show businessy type gigs I ever had, I was probably like 10 and I was in a Target uh, you know, those like leaflets that they put in the Sunday paper. Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. I was in, I was in one of those and then, uh, now Corbin in his underwear, time. Corbin in his underwear, <laughs> yeah, in his underwear. Again. I, I actually was in, I was in the gym. I mean, it's it's the only way you can book the part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, creepy. Uh, that, that I stand. Moving on. Moving yeah, on that'll there. be, that'll be edited out. Corbin, edit that out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, I was doing that. So I had an agent like in Minnesota, but it was it was more like 500 bucks here and there for away for college or you know whatever. Sure. Um, my when I was 17, my anticipation was that well next year I'll go to the U of M, and I thought that I was going to study computer science. Mm -hmm. And then I got this random. I hadn't spoken to my agent as I recall. I hadn't spoken to my agent in years, and they called me and they were like, "We have this audition." you kind of fit the description. Uh, would you want to come in? And I was supposed to go to a movie with my friends that day. And I was like, ah, fuck it, I'll go. And, um, and then I put that part, it was the summer before my senior year. And so like within a period of, this all happened within two weeks, like from the call to like when I, they flew me out to, to LA and then they get, they, they were like, well, you're moving to California. Oh, <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> and uh, it, it just so happened that Corbin and his his family were living in Manhattan Beach. And so I moved in with them. And mm. that, that made it so much. I mean, I can't even imagine how much harder it would have been to kind of like acclimate to living in LA had I not had, had family there. Mm. And that just, that also provided like a way for me to stay somewhat, you know, a little bit more grounded, I think, than I might other, because like I had, you know, I like, yeah, like I, I just had family to so, like, I had a, a non-show business aspect of life, you know, in LA, which was really nice. So then, um, then I moved to Hollywood and I was there for like a couple of years. And uh, at that point, I just um, started to admit to myself that I was, I was really unhappy and pretty miserable in, in show business and in Hollywood in general. And I went to college. Um, I went to college in Long Beach because I found that show business is like cocaine. Like it's just difficult actually to, it's difficult to quit. It, it, it's like you're in the back of your mind, you're always thinking like, yeah, but what if the next script that comes is like mm -hmm. the part I was born to play? And that mm -hmm. like, see, there's always this, this thing dangling in your imagination. Like, well, I mean, I don't want to quit. So I went to Long Beach um, because I felt like I needed to get out of Hollywood. I was like really, really, really unhappy, but I didn't want to go so far away that I couldn't like drive up and audition for stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but then, the, and, and I was pretty apprehensive about going to college too, just because it had been so, I really didn't like high school very much. It was like, I mean, I liked, I liked school, but I so like socially didn't fit in or, or really get along with anyone. And so when I, kind of got it was a godsend to not have to go that last year and I was nervous about um, I mean they tutored me on set but I, I didn't have to um, to actually go to the to the building and I um, yeah so so when I decided to go to college I was like 
I don't know. I was nervous that it was going to feel like it felt in, you know, in high school. I was, I was nervous about like, I don't know, having responsibilities. <laughs> uh, Aren't we all? I still am. Wait, wait, hold on. But Trevor, I, I want to just, because I'm not sure in the timeline where this happened, but I am curious. I want to just put put a little pin here. Um, the You worked on the show Odd Man Out, right? I saw. Yeah, that, that was my okay. second job. Okay, that was your second job. Okay, so I want to I want to go back to that just a a, a okay. little bit. So, um, because that was a multicam, right, in front of an audience. Yep. What was that experience like for you? Yeah, that was a great. So, um, at, yeah. So the 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 job that I got that I booked, um, out of Minnesota was the sitcom. It was another multicam, and it okay. was called Encore Encore, and it okay. had it had Nathan Lane in it and um, Glenn Headley, RIP. And uh, Joan Plowright, also RIP, um, and uh, Ernie Sabella. So both Timon and Pumbaa. And um, <laughs> it was, it, you know, it was like Grub Street Productions. So those are the people who made Cheers and uh, mm-hmm. Frasier and Wings. And so mm-hmm. everybody kind of thought this show was going to go for like, you know, people were like optimistic about it. So it was picked up for 13 Sight Unseen. And um and then the, the, pro- the problem was the show just wasn't very good. <laughs> so <laughs> it got canceled. But I, when that experience was over, um, I thought, okay, well, back to Minnesota. I, like, I, I really just thought that was like a one-off. Yeah. And my agent in, in LA was like, well, just stay for pilot season. Like, just try, you know, why not? Mm. And I was like, yeah, okay. And then that was when I booked um, Odd Men Out. Okay. Wait, and, so, okay. Well, so Encore yeah. Encore, you work with Nathan Lane. How how was that? I just recommended to Corbin to check out Only Murders in the Building. Did you check it out, Corbin? I did. It's really good. I have like five episodes. I, in. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw I, that he was in that. I haven't seen him. I haven't seen that yet. It's very, Martin Short. Martin Short yeah. is also like another person who I'm just kind of revere from. A oh my gosh! Place. And, so and he's 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 so good in this. I I him and Steve Martin are, are really funny together. And Selena Gomez is good. Um, but uh, I, I got to work with Nathan Lane on Penny Dreadful. Uh, mm. I just did one season of that, but that was just, uh, yeah, like recently. And, and anyways, he was, he seemed like a good, good guy, but you know, a lot yeah. of theater history there and a lot of acting history yes. uh, yeah. with Nathan. Uh, uh, yeah. How, how, yeah, how was I mean, that? Yeah. I, I couldn't have possibly asked for a better, um, t- like a better person to kind of learn at the feet of like, mm-hmm. Um, he was super nice to me, um, really awesome person. And, but yeah, watching somebody who's that good at comedy, it's like, I mean, I don't want to like, I don't know, sound like an idiot, but it, it's, it, <laughs> it's kind of like hanging out with Michelangelo or something. You know, it's like, he's so good. He, he's better at that than I'll ever be at anything. And <laughs> it, it, he, he is, he's just yeah, yeah. one of the best ever. And he's so precise and just to watch, get, getting to watch how he thought about how to, to make things funny or funnier, mm. like just watching him kind of, especially at an impressionable, you know, time. I'm only 17. I've never done anything like that before. And um, was he? Yeah, co- I just collabor- felt lucky. Was he collaborative in that sense? Like, was he kind of just talking out loud and trying to figure out what the funniest? Yeah, no, he was always he was always kind of trying to work with you, mm. and it, and it was always it was clearly such a joy for him to try to make things mm. funny. Like it was, it felt like playful all always, and he and and everything that he does is funny, um, and he and he he's super um, like generous with laughing at other other people as well. Mm-hmm. Like he yeah, just yeah. 
He just yeah. loves funny things. And so it's, no. it doesn't care where it comes from. It's, it's like really if, you, cool if, if you do an open mic with a lot of other comedians in the audience, they just kind of sit there and they're like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> it's going to be a tough crowd. It's an uphill battle. So it's nice when sometimes we know they're generous with the laughs, like you're, like you're saying. Yeah. Um, he just, he just, I think that the spirit of comedy just lives in him. Yeah. Cool. What, because you had done some theater, Trevor, I guess in Minnesota, or I think you kind of said that. So then being in front of the audience, were you, were you nervous at all for that of like the record when you were recording it and stuff, or did it not really phase no, you? Audiences don't really make me nervous. I, I, I was born without, there's like a part in people's brain where it's like, um, it's like a normal part in people's brains where it's like, Hey, maybe everyone doesn't want to just listen to you all the time. <laughs> And like, whatever that part is, I just wasn't born with it. I just, I just sort of assume everyone always wants to hear what I have to say about something. So that's really the audience. <laughs> this is actually a good, good transition to, we do a segment every time called Brag Time. Um, mm -hmm. And just something to talk about that you feel good about. So in that vein of letting people hear you talk and talk and talk, um, what is something that you feel good about? Uh, it doesn't have to be Music active. to my ears. Yeah, yes, yes. Uh, uh, but yeah, what is something, something I feel good about? That you've um, done recently that you feel like is a, a big accomplishment. It can be acting related, it can be not be. Uh, what's something that you want to get the center stage, talk about, I did this thing, that's awesome. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm proud of uh, what we did on Clerks 3. I think it's funny. I don't know if, well, it remains to be seen if anyone else will think it's funny, <laughs> but I, I do. Um, uh, and, and yeah, I guess at work, um, uh, my, my, we have, I work with three, well, I, I work on a team of 12 or 14 people or something like that, but I, um, more narrowly work with three other people. Uh, it's like a little four person unit and we make the, we work on the UIs. Um, and we've been working on this, one of the applications that runs on targets, cash registers mm -hmm. cool. and it's just been a very interesting process figuring out how those things work. You know, mm -hmm. cash registers are actually kind of complicated. There's yeah. all these machines that connect to the cash register. You have to make it do things. And, um, and it's just been such a pleasure working with those three. Um, they're su just super smart, super funny, cool people. So we're nearing completion on that. And so I'm pretty proud of that. And then uh, I've been, oh, I've been continuing for the, for the past, like three or four months. I like cooking a lot as you might, be able to glean <laughs> yeah the pots and pans. pans i love it yeah yeah uh for the past three or four months i've been practicing um i've been learning a lot about japanese food i have that fight on japan book and i have a couple of other books that i've been working through and um yeah i've just learned a lot about japanese food in the last few months and it's my favorite cuisine so that was a that, that's been cool i got a cone row grill that i'd show you about that corbin mm -mm, no do you, that? Know, do you know what a cone row grill is i don't know oh. mm -mm. it's like a um it's like what they make yakitori on it's a it's like a oh. grill that's only about a foot tall and it uses okay. the special charcoal called binchotan here i'll show you oops give me another underwear photo isn't it <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be such a good <laughs> uh, uh, now funny. i don't want to show you <laughs> I know, now it's anti-climatic yeah yeah that was good it looks like this yeah oh i do know it yes okay Cool. Right, so right, you, right. Wait, where do you yeah. put that on your stovetop? On the table outside. We have oh, like a. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So I'm going to use that this Thanksgiving, I think, to do like a yakitori turkey. The Chef oh. Steps website has like a, a cool technique for it. That's awesome. Trevor That's made awesome. me uh, fried chicken and waffles for my graduation. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was really we had good. like 
we had like 30 or 40 people over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. You made a lot of chicken and waffle. <laughs> oh, wow. Awesome. That's that's impressive. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I uh that's that's my next uh travel destination is is Japan. Have you have you been there, Trevor? That's that's I'd like I've, to go there. I've never been out of the country. Hard stop. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I've only been to Canada twice. Okay. That is technically out of the country, but you're kind of like America light, let's say. Yeah. Also, um, if, you're, if you're from Minnesota, it's like, uh, it's, it's, it's yeah. sort of like in upper I, Minnesota. You tripped Actually, into Canada. Think, yeah. Cor- 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 Corbin had mentioned you're from Minnesota and I was like, he's from Minnesota. I'm from Wisconsin. I'm like, are they the oh. same state? I mean, really? I mean, they say they're different. I mean, they yeah. are different, but they're, they're it's cold. <laughs> we, we each have a lot of lakes. I mean, there's a lot of similarities. So yeah. uh, people, People from Minnesota go to Madison. People from Madison go to Minnesota. My sister uh, went to school there. Yep. Yeah, they, Corbin. I don't know if you know they have uh, like a reciprocity. It's called so you can get like in-state tuition. Uh, oh, that's cool. Even though you're out of state, right? Even though you're um, in the same state of Minnesota, Wisconsin. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'll probably get in trouble for saying that. Wait, oh, hold on. So we, we. So Trevor, why do you why do you hate traveling? This is our new title. I don't. Why I just Trevor haven't had traveling. I don't <laughs> yeah, hate. No. Yeah. I don't hate traveling. I I just don't care. Um, it's like, I, I don't really, people, I don't know what, in the ongoing theme of where Trevor explains all of the parts of his brain that are missing, (laughs) that should be there. When people take me to like really beautiful vistas, it doesn't, it simply doesn't have, um, as big of an impact on me. It's not, there's not that much of a difference for me between going somewhere and seeing a picture of it. But I feel, I feel like, I just don't care. Yeah, I mean, I feel like going to Japan, like for example, you're getting really into Japanese cooking. It'd be cool to go experience the food. Like that's kind of why yeah. I like traveling is eating some right. remarkable things that you would. But there's a Japanese restaurant like down on Fourth. Yeah, but it's not it's pretty this good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, no, it's not. But it's like you know, it's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't know. Is it? Is it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's also Panda Express. I feel like I've been there. I've traveled. <laughs> no, I I do I do hear what you're saying, Trevor. That is that is interesting. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I have to think about it. You know, I sometimes stuff. Yeah, I do know. I will say, have you been to the Grand Canyon? I went to the Grand Canyon, and that blew my that blew me away. That was that was one of the places where I think pictures do not do it justice. I stood in front of that. I was like, this is beautiful yeah. and amazing, and you know what I mean. And I don't know, but yeah, no, I, I've never been there. I, I do kind of think um, it's interesting. One of my little bugbears is I, I do think that uh, we don't reflect often enough on how beautiful our country is it's it's so it's so vast and we have every climate that you can imagine and it's just like we're really lucky I think as Americans to like have in so many ways of course but but especially but that as well I think but I also in the back of my mind think that if I went to the Grand Canyon I'd be like it's cool it's big it's, really big. <laughs> it's a big hole that's big that's nice I just don't I don't I don't this is character flaw like i fully recognize that this is my like i'm unable to experience a kind of beauty that other people like moves other people but i right. i'm like really a homebody and yeah the, the things that excite i don't get excited by some by some of the things that excite other people i wish i did but I yeah just don't. well that's 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 really that's really interesting I'm um okay wait, so inside, i want to <laughs> so wait but i want to bring it back a little bit so because because i know I'm just curious. So then when you, when you went from encore encore, which was kind of supposed to be a hit and then did you end up shooting the 13 episodes or did they not even shoot the 13? No, we shot 13. We shot the 13. And they're on the air and, and everything. Yeah. Oh, okay. Great. So people can, people can find them. And then, maybe. and then I don't know. maybe <laughs> it's somewhere it's streaming somewhere. Uh, to be, uh, 
to UBI. Um, we're not sponsored by them. Wait, so then <laughs> after that, did 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 Odd Man Out kind of come off of that, or was there another audition then, or you know, how did that kind of connect or whatever? What's the tissue? Yeah. Right? So after after Encore Encore, I was going to just go back home to Minnesota, and yeah. my agent asked if I wanted to just stay for one more pilot season, and I did, and I booked that show, and that was like, it was the opposite experience i mean it was but they're both good experiences but one of them was like this flagship you know somewhat respectable thing and then the other one was like a tgif you know thing for like like 16 year olds or whatever but what was cool about it was you know the in the first one the first in the first sitcom i was so in over my head it was like absurd like i'm i'm trying to like hang out with nathan lane and Lawrence olivier's widow <laughs> and it's just like i had no business being there and in the in the second one i had way more um i had way more response like i was sort of like the jokey guy in that in that mm. second series and so i have more wisecracks and just more weight to lift for my personal performance and i i I, uh, everyone had, uh, that I was on that show with was great. I'm not trying to like shit on them. Yeah. I'm just saying like, it wasn't, I'd had more experience under my belt and it wasn't like the most intimidating <laughs> you know, cast possible. Um, yeah. And so that was like, that was great for my kind of confidence, I guess, because it made me, first of all, because now I'd done two, two things, I thought, well, maybe I should, maybe this is something I could actually do. Mm-hmm. And second, it, it was just like, yeah, I don't know, just time had passed. I got a little bit more comfortable with the process itself and, and I got to do like kind of more jokes. And so, it, yeah, I remember coming off of that show thinking, um, think just feeling more confident about myself as a, as a professional actor for the first time thinking of myself as a professional actor. Yeah. It's interesting how that kind of, you can feel kind of like a little bit underwater and then you can feel like confidence and, 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 and part of it is just like the experience and the reps and just being there and being on set and kind of seeing what's, what's happening and, and kind of, it's a bit of absorbing it, but you're studying it. And I think like what you're talking about is really, I always think about, you know, the, the first time I did a shoot where, and this was for a commercial, but I was on set more than one day. Cause when you're on set, like, let's say one day you're kind of coming in as a guest or a show of a mm-hmm. show and and then by like day two or three, I always like joke, I was like smoking with the crew, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> like after a little bit of time, you start to feel you can kind of hopefully relax and kind of ease into it. And it sounded like for you kind of on that second second gig, that's where you kind of start to feel like, okay, I can breathe, exhale a little bit, right? Yeah. And, and there were also, it's yeah. like, there are also just people my age on that show. Sure. I mean, so it's like, and I, yeah. So there's a bunch of, yeah, there's a bunch of things like that. I don't want to, I also don't want to try to su- suggest that um, that uh, people were dicks to me on Encore Encore because the opposite is the case. Like all of the actors were super nice to me. Ernie Sabella is Pumbaa IRL. Like he mm-hmm. he really is just that gregarious and kind and warm. <laughs> and um, and then all of the writers I remember were really nice to me. Like I think they could mm-hmm. sense that I was like you know kind of a fish out of water and. They being writer, comedy writers have probably felt like that their whole lives. So they, we sort of like, I don't know. This guy gets I remember it. Just, yeah. 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 I remember just hanging out with them a lot and, and the producers, everybody was just super cool. It's just that in the, yeah, in the second one was a lot more my speed probably. Hmm. Something like that. <laughs> and at, at which point did you get into cheats? Was that afterwards or was that in, that was after? Yeah, that was, 
that was a year after that, I think. So that was that was the first movie that I did, and uh, that was a real. That was for me. Uh, that was like um, that was kind of because because I didn't go to college until I'd been in show business for several years. So that was my college was like delayed by all that. But I was about the age that people go to college when I did cheats, and that was. Um, in Vancouver, one of my two times out, and we, and it was the it was also the first time like living on my own. Like we were we were in the apartments mm. at that I forget what I think it's called the Sutton Place Hotel in Vancouver, and um and so yeah it was, that was like a real coming of age experience for me. It was like I I was with around again around um, the other actors were my age, and uh, but this time I was on my own. Mm. I wasn't living with with a uh, Corbin, in other words, and, and his family. Oh, family. Yeah. Um, I was living by my, you know, living in that apartment and um and getting per diem. And so like I had I just had a kind of like um yeah, just an independence that I'd never experienced before. And so that that was like a, a very much a growing up kind of experience for me. How was I as a roommate? <laughs> you were well, I thought you were awesome. You're I always loved hanging out with you. Um <laughs> And tormenting you. Six. <laughs> As I'm a sadist. Uh, but, but yeah, I don't know. We, like, we were like brothers, you know? Yeah, yeah. You, were, you would Sometimes you would intentionally wake me up because I would sleep until like 1 p.m. And then pretend that you <laughs> were intentionally doing 1 p.m. is generous. <laughs> it was like 4 p.m. No, I don't think it was that bad back then. It was pretty but bad. But yeah, I used, to stay up, I used to stay up until like 3, 4, or 5 in the I was, morning. It was after I got back from school. Is when you were I yeah, was waking you up. That sounds that sounds plausible. <laughs> uh, yeah, wait, I'm, I'm really and I, left to my own devices. I'm like a night owl, like mm. an extreme night owl. I uh, now I work for I live in California, but I work for a company in in Minneapolis, and so our meetings start. I get up at seven seven in the morning, and it's I still don't really fully recognize myself. I've been at Target now for six months, and I'm like, who are you? <laughs> who is this guy? Wait, what's to be cool? <laughs> Corbin, didn't you mention something about a balloon story from Cheats or something like that? What is yeah? What is there, that? There's something that I vaguely remember you talking about with um, there. There, you had to do a bunch of takes on Cheats where you're like talking with a balloon, and then it yeah. you kept ha- you <laughs> kept was, laughing or something. Laughing. Yeah, that wasn't okay. Cheats. That was that was the movie I did with Jeff Anderson. That's now you know. Oh yes. So so that movie is about this. Jeff Anderson and I play um, Jeremy Sisto's two idiot friends from back home and. The, the movie is about how Jeremy Sisto and Rashida Jones are called off their, she called off their wedding and mm-hmm. he doesn't know why. And so he comes home, um, which was supposed, they come back to New Jersey for what was supposed to be like their wedding. And instead he's just hanging out with his male friends and she's hanging out with her female friend. And then as the story goes on, we under, sort of understand like the, com- the underlying conflict. But the, um, the two idiot friends are trying to throw him a bachelor party Despite the fact that he's not getting married because the wheels had already turned on that. So they they'd already started. One yeah. Stop. yeah. And there's this one, there's this one scene where they're supposed to be inhaling balloons and talking about the logistics of this bachelor party. And the only, the only gag here is that they're having a, it's the, the only, it's the only conversation in the movie where they're just having a normal conversation. There are no jokes. They're just like, so what should we do with this bachelor party? Whatever. The, the entire gag is that they're just saying it with helium voices, which for some reason struck me as really funny at the time. Right. And I couldn't stop laughing. One of the many reasons why I'm like not a good actor at all is because I can't stop. I break all the time and mm. I can't stop laughing 
when I start, I get really bad. And so I was <laughs> laughing my way through this scene and we were on such a low budget that we could only afford like, like a quarter canister full of helium. And we were like running out rapidly because <laughs> I kept wasting it. And uh, uh, at a certain point, Jeff had to be like, hey, Trevor, look, like if you can't get through this scene, like we're gonna have to cut the scene out of the movie. <laughs> Because oh, no. like we're act, like legit we're out of, we're out of yeah yeah somehow that made me like that snapped me into it and I was able to get through it without laughing but the the what was supposed to the button of the scene we were going to tilt the camera up and like look it was supposed to be like a bunch of balloons on the ceiling and then we were just going to dissolve to the next scene or whatever and the idea was just like that's how long they've been there you know whatever um, but because I wasted so much helium when the camera tilted up, there were only like two balloons <laughs> on the ceiling. It's just the saddest looking thing. But I kind of thought that that made it funnier because <laughs> it underscored like how dumb they are and how bad they are at like throwing parties. Um, so yeah, basically through my incompetence, I made it. I accidentally made a scene better, and in my opinion. And so just... Jeff, if you're listening to this, you're welcome. <laughs> that's just called improvising. That's just different. <laughs> That's oh my right. gosh, that's that's great. That's a really that's a really funny story. I wonder if the helium was affecting you too in a in a good way. Like that's that's like, that's funny. Like I was getting high on it. <laughs> exactly. No, that would give me an excuse that I don't deserve. <laughs> I, I was just being that dumb. I don't know. Actually, there's that's a great. there's another story that I want to know about. Admit, I'll just go into it. Let's see if it's uh, not going to be uh, good for the air. Uh, there's a point where you I watched on on YouTube a very long time ago. There was a a party for somebody it was like you had stolen their car keys and there was a series of riddles <laughs> that you had to get to what what happened because i vaguely remember i don't want to give away the punchline but you stole the wrong car what what yes Explain. we uh, we could grand theft auto um for sure like not no joke. Yeah, that's why uh, I wasn't sure if it's good. Yeah, no, we committed a crime. I can only pray that the statute of limitations is over. Um, but no, but the, so what happened was we actually I work with him now. He's the guy who kind of got me, got my foot in the door on this job at Target because mm. he's a programmer too. But he's one of my oldest friends named Brandon, and Brandon, uh, kind of when we were like kids, we we were Brandon had this bad habit of like reneging on agreements so we'd mm. be like hey okay i'll get these the this round of beers but then you have to drive us to the movie and he'd be like okay and then like i'd buy the round of beers and then he'd be like i'm going home <laughs> and we'd be like well, you just agreed to do that he was like yeah but i'm not gonna <laughs> so he did this like a, i mean i say it, it's like he had a habit of doing this he probably did it like twice and we decided that that was enough that was to, it, yeah to, like earn our vengeance and so we concocted this we used to hang out at perkins like that's a, a diner a 24-hour diner in minnesota mm -hmm. we used to hang out there like till two three in the morning or whatever just like smoking way too many cigarettes and drinking coffee and we were all like we were planning kind of like that scene in um reservoir dogs <laughs> we were all sitting in perkins like planning our 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 vengeance on brandon and we decided to make him follow a series of clues, each more devious than the last, to find his car. And this all depended on, so Tony's living in an apartment complex, our mutual friend Tony's living in an apartment complex. And so we came up with all these clues and we wrote them. We had a friend who like knew for whatever reason how to do calligraphy, like passingly good calligraphy. And so we made these like elaborately 
rhyming <laughs> clues. We, we had one at the bottom of the swimming pool and we had one written on our friend's boobs and like they were just everywhere. And, um, and then the, the, but we did all this preparation on the very tenuous assumption that we'd be able to somehow lift his keys off of him, which was, you know, like while mm. we were all at a party, cause the plan was to do this at like a new year's party, I think it was. Mm. Um, so there's like 20 of us over there, whatever. And uh, Tony, I don't know how he did it to this day, but he like, he some, somehow summoned up some secret pickpocketing knowledge and got the keys out of his jacket. So we um, absconded away with them and we went down to where his car was parked and we tried the keys on the door and it, did, it didn't work. And we were like, that's weird. And so then for some reason, I just tried the door anyway and it opened. And I was like, oh, I guess they're open. And then... Um, when I sat in the driver's seat, the keys were already in the ignition. And I thought that was really weird because I was holding the keys. None of this dissuaded us from like <laughs> stepping back and go, hey, maybe we should rethink this car theft plan. I like that the people putting together all these clues didn't put together any of the clues as things are <laughs> happening. I love it. It's yeah, good. yeah, it's yeah, good. exactly. How ironic. Like, uh, <laughs> talk about a devious clue. I, so, but we were... We were, yeah, so we just got in this car and we drove it around the block and like, you know, stashed it somewhere at some other parking spot. And, um, and then when we came, when Brandon finally um, succeeded in finding all of the clues um, and we gave him, gave him his car keys back, we went, we went with him to go get his car and we were in another car and we drove, we drove up to the car that we had moved, the one that we thought was his car. And he was like, guys, that's not my car. And we were like, shut up, like, stop <laughs> fucking with us. And it was like, no, I'm serious. That is not my car. My car has four doors oh, and my car God. has two doors. It was like the exact same color, the exact same make and model, the exact same year. And like, you know, they looked almost identical. And like one was just four doors and one was two doors. That, that's if memory serves. So we just very quickly uh, took the person's car and brought it back to like the original parking spot and then just slowly backed away like homer simpson into the hedge maze or into the, into the hedge yeah it was uh that was that was a close call but who like yeah, who leaves their, their car, car yeah. open and with the keys in the ignition and it was crazy gosh that is it is so wild and the fact that it was like almost the same car and that, that so many things had to go right but i love yeah. that you put it back in the position people probably got in their car and they had no clue they're like okay everything's another thing I, yeah, I don't think i, I, mean, I hope never heard anything i before. hope they did have a clue i hope they thought the car was gone came back and it was in the exact <laughs> same spot <laughs> <laughs> like they reported it and then when the cops got there like the cars there it's like, exactly. i swear I, 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 i'm not crazy am i crazy <laughs> what were your doors like yeah the cops like really like give it to him like don't ever it's not this is not a joking matter to call the cops up on a false claim of a, you know <laughs> Yeah, were, were the door place. were the doors locked? No. Were the key, you had the keys with you? No. The keys were in the ignition. Cops like, what the? What do you expect? I'm coming back here to grab yeah. that thing. Awesome. Well, no, um, you wouldn't have. It was not a nice car. You would not, not, I would leave it here. Um, uh, Trevor, just kind of shifting gears a little bit here. Do you have a favorite um, a favorite book you really like? And this can be on any topic. Something like a like a book or two that you like really you know think. Uh, you know, provided a lot of value for you just in, in, in general. Um, yeah. Do you have any, have any favorite books? Yeah. My, my, that's easy for me. Yeah. But my favorite book of all time is the, is a book called the idiot by Fyodor Dostoevsky. Mm. I feel like that's a book. Like I've always wanted to read, but never read what, what, uh, what, what, what resonated with you in that? Uh, 
Yeah, I don't know exactly. I, there's something about uh, Dostoevsky's writing style that I find really, um, it just makes sense to me. He, the way he kind of writes about, I don't know, the, he, he seems like a really psychologically insightful writer to me. Mm-hmm. These characters feel like irrational in a way that rings true. And uh, I don't really know how he does it. He's like a kind of just a deeply intuitive writer, I think. But the, the book is about um, in the 19th century in, uh, in Russia, there's like this guy, you could have like a title, you could have like a royal title, like the prince, um, like a prince, but have no actual money. Mm. And so the title character, the, the, the main character is this guy, Prince Mushkin, who he, he spent his whole life in like a, a sanitarium in like a, um, Switzerland or something because he was like, had epileptic fits and like was not, fully there like uh cognitively but then he kind of for whatever reason when he's like 20 he snaps out of it and he's like kind of he has this sort of like um the idea was to make a character who um had christ's personality but none of like the magic powers and (laughs) and so he's just like this super peaceful kind of monk like you know guy who is unperturbed by everything and so forth and um he goes back to russia once he's sort of snapped out of this condition that he's been in and he has this sort of like you know childlike kind of uh, radically open mind and sort of um weird person and so Dostoevsky who's like a deeply religious guy um his idea was if you brought if you brought a character into sort of modern Russia um which he found he thought was sort of corrupt um and uh you you brought but he and he had the personality of Christ the ostensibly religious uh, elite in Russia wouldn't fall down at his feet um, and praising him as a good Christian. They would confuse him with somebody who was mentally disabled. And so that the idea is that everybody who meets him thinks that he is uh, just really, 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 really stupid. And that's why he's so kind to everybody. (laughs) The reality is that he's just like more spiritually perfect than them or something like that. And there's something about like the, I'm not a religious person or anything, but there was just something about the viciousness of the social critique and how well realized all these characters are. And then there's something like he gets at things in a deeply odd and cycle, like um, he, there's a kind of Kafka aspect to him as well, mm-hmm. where things don't quite make sense, but there's a dreamlike logic that somehow rings true. I don't know. He's a, I could probably rant about Dostoevsky for a long time. So I'll, I'll spare you, but that's my favorite book. Great. No, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm thinking of um, uh, and I've I've mostly mostly read his articles in the New Yorker, but I think it's it's I'm just thinking of other like artists like where they where writers where they translate. Uh, is it Murakami? I said that you meant Dostoevsky, and I'm like, I don't think we're talking. <laughs> no, 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 not no. But I, I'm just, I think it's also interesting when they're when I mean, unless you read maybe you read it in the Russian, but I also think it's interesting when they're translating from other languages and how sometimes that's interesting. That can be an interesting the way the translation goes and the way they use the words and and can kind of like help sculpt you're like oh that's like i like the phrasing here that maybe is not exactly what i would say or maybe someone that's a native english speaker but they translated it and it's it still totally works yeah. you know you're it's like funny, oh, that's you're really just, interesting. you were just talking about the new yorker right there were, yeah. there was famously an uh, essay published in it called the translation wars have you ever mm-hmm. read that mm-hmm. it's specifically about those translating Dostoevsky. oh because, really <laughs> yeah because for for a hundred years the only person who translated Dostoevsky is this British woman named Constance Garnett. 
-hmm. And entire literature departments were sort of built on this woman's translation. Translation. And then there's this husband and wife team. Um, their names are Paviar and Ludrashenko, I think. And they wanted to, they thought that the Constance Garnett um, uh, translations were insufficient. They didn't really capture mm -hmm. the weirdness and the funniness of Dostoevsky. And so they wanted to make new translations, but they met with this like crazy amount of pushback with people who like these, these sort of ensconced, the like sort of like ivory tower academicians who had an interest in like that, like the basis of their research, not changing, mm. you know, like mm -hmm. if they make a new translation and it's better and it kind of invalidates some dumb thing that I wrote in a literary journal, like, you know, mm -hmm. eight, like 18 years ago, then it's going to mm -hmm. make me look foolish. And so there was this really weird, interesting kind of like war over this, uh, like whether or not these translations were good or whether like, whether it was even going to happen or whatever. I've read both. Um, and they're both good. <laughs> you like them both. They're different, but they, yeah, I like them both. That's cool. That's great. Do you, That's you also great. like uh, Crime and Punishment, or is it just the idiot that yeah. you kind of just you like him? Crime in and Punishment was the Crime and Punishment was the first Dostoevsky book I I read, and it was because my sister went to Russia on a school trip, hmm. and she knew that I I guess she knew that I like reading or whatever. So I, I was going through like an intense reading phase, and so she got me that book. Crime and Punishment is like is different though. It's um uh it's mostly he does kind of has these two styles of writing one of them is sort of lyrical and maybe you might say that normal style of writing and then one of them is like when he, when the camera moves inside the character's head and it's more stream of consciousness mm -hmm. um and it's intensely it's just like his the way he writes about someone's consciousness is like it like it's it's um chaotic and it's so noisy and all these, the, the person's having all of these conflicting thoughts and they're always like arguing with each other. And it's difficult to read because um, it's so, it, it's exhausting to read, uh, to read him in that style. Crime and Punishment, what's really cool about it is nine tenths of the book, spoiler alert, he commits a crime and then gets punished. Um, he had nine tenths what? of the book, he is, is, in that, is in that crazy inner, inner mind style. Mm -hmm. And it's really exhausting. And then he, when he finally confesses to the crime, the, he he spends the next like 30 years in Siberia breaking rocks, but Dostoevsky switches over to the lyrical lyrical style. And so it has the effect of, even though he's in jail, he, the reader is so relieved. You experience the relief of his conscious conscience. Oh, cool. Like through the through the kind of transition in the, the style that he um, he writes. So I wouldn't, I, it's funny that that one's always the one that people get assigned in school. So I think it's one mm. of the most difficult ones to read. Um, mm -hmm. I wouldn't, if you're interested in getting into Dostoevsky, I wouldn't start there. Mm -hmm. Great right. book. Okay. Well, Trevor, we have something we like to, uh, we like to do that we like to end with, which is called your best bad acting. So I'm going to put a quote okay. this should be easy. over here. <laughs> it should be really. <laughs> yeah, I'll send it, John. Fun. I got it. Okay. Corbin's going to send it. Um, this is from a movie you, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with since you're a comedy guy. And so the idea is you're not trying to do, I mean, you can do what they did in the movie, but we're just going to do it a couple different times and maybe we'll give you some fun direction, but you can just do it your first, the first time, however you want to do it. It's just okay. it's more for fun. More for fun. I'll give you my best Mandy Patinkin impression. <laughs> Beautiful. Let's try this. Hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. You know, pretty good. Pretty good. I'm impressed. <laughs> that was good. I'm pretty, I'm impressed. Actually, that could be the, the best bad acting we've had so far. I, <laughs> I did see I flashed to the movie. Um, I have, okay. I have uh, one note. Go ahead, Corbin. Yeah. I'm gonna give you a softball. Do it mm -hmm. as Paul F. Tompkins. 
Perfect. Great, 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 great. Um, Trevor, can you do any other fun uh, accents? I'm going to give you a little dealer's choice here. Is there any other accents you could put on it that might be fun? I can do any accents, a cartoon yeah. version of any accent. Beautiful. Except, except yeah. Australian, which for okay. whatever reason, I am straight garbage. <laughs> so do it, so, so you're going to do it in Australian so, accent. <laughs> so what, could you do French or British? What's another sure. fun way you could do it? Yeah, let's try it. Which one? Uh, let's do let's do British. Okay. Like high class British? Like posh yeah, British? Or like yeah, 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 yeah. Royal okay. pronunciation. Uh, hello, Bean. My name is Montoya. Uh, you killed my father, so uh, prepare to die. <laughs> I like That's the added awesome. added bean. You're you're impressed. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Uh, well, Trevor, thank you so much for your yeah, time. You. This was this was really wonderful, um, and thank you for sharing some some lovely stories. I mean, I can tell you you've got you've got a lot of them in there, which is great. Um, <laughs> And, and, and Corbin spoke really highly of you and it's so great to meet you and get time to chat with you. This was, this was wonderful. Yeah, this was super fun. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you so much for being a a guest on the, on the moving spotlight and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to hang out soon. Okay. Let's do it. it.